Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the The second to last cheap heat before WrestleMania in New York City. I am Peter Rosenberg. I am joined by the physically large. You know him. Oh, my goodness. I like a delicious chicken. I don't know if I have Sean top 10. It's professional wrestling. Oh, my God. Stat guy Greg. SGG, first of all, let me just say this. Shout out, Stat guy Greg. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Are you are you geared up for a WrestleMania season? Are you getting into the spirit? Oh man, I absolutely am. Uh how can you not? It's like they do this to us every year with with just absolute precision. You know, we we worry about the booking and we complain about who has the title and then when our guy is not in a certain spot, you know, we promise problems and then we get this close to WrestleMania and everybody's excited. Um, and don't get and don't get me wrong. We will still complain here. Don't you worry about it. Um, oh, absolutely. But, <laughs> but but yes, it is the sea. Tis the season, SGG, and we have a huge mailbag to get to this time of year. Huge. I have not known if I've ever seen more new emails, so I'll try to get to as many of those as we can. First, SGG will tell us hopefully what's going on outside the wrestling ring. Cain Velasquez, um, UFC fighter, former heavyweight champion who famously defeated Brock Lesnar um, for that UFC heavyweight championship, uh, announced yesterday, or I think it was yesterday, that he will be competing at AAA's Triple Mania in Mexico um, against Pentagon Jr., which I, I, I don't know how he's going to perform in the ring, but... Um, if his skills translate as well as these other MMA stars into pro wrestling, it's going to be very good. And he's in there with um, an opponent who is probably the best wrestler not signed to WWE right now. Wow, that is uh, that is very interesting news. When does this take place, SGG? Uh, Triple Mania is scheduled for August. I don't have the exact date, um, but um, if they if they build it right, I think the world is going to be watching. Uh, Cain Velasquez and Pentagon Jr. Um, and do you think, and are people speculating that if this goes well, this would be a move towards WWE and an eventual story with the Brock Lesnar? Well, um, I'm speculating that it goes that way. I hope it goes that way. And Cain Velasquez actually, um, he's been to the performance center. He had had some tryouts. I think he was down there for about a week um, last year. Uh, I don't know how those tryouts went, but it went well enough for him to want to make an official step towards getting in a professional wrestling ring. And, um, yeah, I- I'd love to see Kane Velasquez and Brock Lesnar um, at a WWE event. But is he ready for all of this? You're here. I'm here. Let's do this. I don't know if he's ready. I- yeah, I don't know either. Tom will tell where where he's at um, in terms of that, but this is a good first step. <laughs> um, the next thing I saw, uh, WWE announced Joan Jett is going to be performing Ronda Rousey's theme song live, and um, Yolanda Adams is going to be doing America the Beautiful to kick off WrestleMania. Wow, what an amazing contrast between artists. Both... <laughs> yeah. Equal, both equally odd for the WWE universe. Uh, no, I guess Yolanda Adams is more random than Joan Jett, I suppose, especially considering she does um, Ronda's theme. But um, Yolanda Adams yeah. is a great, a great talent, um, truly great talent from the gospel soul world. Um, yeah, she's phenomenal. And then Joan Jett. Now, it's interesting. So, but they have not announced. Some sort of flow rider esque unnecessary performance yet? They have not, but I will say this: um, I'm not expecting it to come down the pipeline. I hope if they if it would have happened, it would have happened already. With the because like every year we get the theme song and then we hear the theme song ad nauseum, and then we get there and they're like, "Oh, here to perform the theme song for WrestleMania is," and it's usually Pitbull or Flow Rider. And then we get them. So because they didn't have a theme song that they've been running into the ground, 
I'm not expecting somebody to just show up and uh, do something. Could we possibly instead just get a live rendition of this? I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. You know what cool is? You're looking at Nothing beats being Just my, it's just a personal wish of mine. I mean, and mine too. If if they're smart, if they play their cards right, um, they could definitely make that happen. If you want to have a hit, if you want to have a moment, right? I mean, you need a WrestleMania moment, especially for these musical acts. It's been you know dud after dud for a while, you know. Um, Also, the Bella Twins are both retired now. A couple of weeks ago, um, Brie Bella announced on Total Bellas that she was hanging up the boots. And then on the season finale, uh, Nikki followed suit, and now both Bellas are retired from in-ring action. Interestingly, happened, they happened kind of quick and and uneventfully, and right after the tag titles were announced. Yeah, which I would have loved to see them compete for the tag titles. I feel like they were they were made for it. If there's any. Any two divas on the roster who were made for those tag team titles. I mean, look at the SmackDown tag champs right now. Um, set of twin boys. So it would have been cool to see them at least go for it. But um, as of now. Yeah, I wouldn't have been like- shocked if they'd been involved in a Mania match for, I mean, I wonder if they considered that before Natalia and Beth, you know, for Mania. Yeah, if anybody's, if that's the spot, if any of the spot, like the, the legend spot that seems to be going to, um, Beth Phoenix and Natalia, who are who are a throwback tag team before they tag team titles were a thing, yeah, but you got to think the Bellas should have been at least considered for the spot. Yeah, it's interesting, and they have a new podcast they dropped this week, so I guess they maybe did it to get some push for the podcast, which I see has started out atop the charts. Um, which is to wild ma- to me. I mean, anyone who has a if you have a huge following the way they do, you, you, when you first come out, you you go to number one. Yeah, I mean, it's still wild, though, but I mean, I've said this before, too, that they don't get the recognition that they should get for being, like, female versions of The Rock, who were decent in-ring, but still managed to be popular, snatch up a bunch of championships, and then cross over in a major way. So it's wild that they accomplish these things, but when you think about who they are and what they've already accomplished, um, like you said, this is just par for the course. This is a thing that was going to happen. They announce their podcast, they go to number one, and they're probably going to sit there for a while, too. Yeah, I would guess they'll stay up there for a little while. Um, so, listen, um, ultimately, it'll be interesting to see how you how you rate their careers. I mean, obviously, given what we've seen with the Hall of Fame, you would say they're surefire Hall of Famers. Absolutely. I mean, they they took WWE to to new heights. I mean, they really did. Especially, and people are going to kill me for saying this, but especially the women's division. Um, did they do most of the heavy lifting in the ring? Maybe not. But the casual fans do not care about that. And um, their influence shows when you think about the opportunities that women have been given outside of the ring, including opportunities on their platforms um, that don't involve going to Playboy. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but they opened up other lanes instead of just the one that women of the Attitude Era seem to be funneled into. Totally agree. Um, there's no doubt their influence. Um, you know, the, the Miz and Mrs. can thank them for a, a nice check that they're getting right now. Obviously, they were the biggest part of Total Divas. They had a nice, you know, a little run with Total Bellas. I don't know if they're, I don't know what the status of those shows are. I assume they're both still on. We haven't heard they're over. Um, yeah, no, nah, they're both, they're both on. So, you know, and then, and then particularly Nikki really came along as a wrestler over time and actually had some memorable moments. Yeah, um, she did. They both did, I think, but, um, they both had memorable moments. I think Nikki was the better in-ring talent, they, but, but they did both have moments that were, you know, they had big stories. You had the Bree SummerSlam, Stephanie McMahon story. Um, Nikki had big matches with a lot of people. Um, so, and held the title forever. Yeah. So, yeah, they're surefire Hall of Famers. And, 
I'll tell you what, they'd they'd already be better than some of this year's inductees, in my opinion, and more deserving. No, not not better or more deserving than these next inductees, though. Speak about a tag team. Heart Foundation was announced this Monday as going into the Hall of Fame. Um, just a tag Heart, team. There was the real sp- wrestler. Right. Oh, yeah. There was some speculation about uh, whether it was going to be the faction or the tag team. The faction was kind of ruled out um, due to not being able to possibly induct all of the members. People assumed there was going to be Jimmy Hart with the tag team. But it's uh, just Brett and Jim going in to the Hall of Fame, making Brett a uh, two-time Hall of Famer as well, along with Shawn Michaels and Booker T, who are all going to be joining Ric Flair as two-time Hall of Famers uh, at the Hall of Fame in a couple of weeks. Meaning they have actually run out of people to induct into the Hall of Fame, which is amazing. Not necessarily. It, it means... No, I mean, I'm I kidding. Think this is I'm a- kidding. It is just funny that it happened this year this way, though. This many of them. Yeah. I think it's a byproduct of the way, like, people's career trajectories go um, these days, you know? Because everybody has to start out as either part of a tag team or part of some group and then break out as a breakout star. Like no matter what people have affiliations with some group, even like a guy like Randy Orton, who we don't think of him as a faction guy. He had the legacy, um, which is probably not going to go in to the hall of fame. Let's be honest, but he was also with evolution, which is definitely going to go in. And that's going to make all four of those guys, multiple time hall of famers, three for Rick. Um, it'll end up being three for triple H. Yeah, because he's going in by himself, too. Oh, yes. Yes, he most certainly will be. All right, what else you got, SGG? Uh, that was it for Outside of the Ring. So we can I'm, head I'm on surprised, to... Uh, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't mention the tweet from superstar Billy Graham. Oh, why? Like, why? <laughs> he, he what, what does he have to say that anybody should care about in 2019? This is... No, this is just... This is perfect. Hold on. I'm going to find it for you right now. He essentially tweeted that Kofi Kingston holding the WWE title is a joke. Which is particularly interesting, I think, here, given the reason. Hold on. Superstar Billy Graham. Let's see. I'll find it. Um, I was surprised. I mean, I know... People don't necessarily care what Billy Graham has to say, and he's quite negative. But he said, is the WWE serious? I turned on my computer today and went to the wrestling news sites, and what did I see? Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship at Mania. Talk is Vince is going to put the WWE belt on Kofi Kingston. SU not. Not me will have a 145-pound champion. This must have been an idea by the new senior creative lady, Dana Warrior. Oh my god. Then he goes on and on. Um my friend Hannibal's been monitoring blah 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 blah. Oh one more thing. I would love to see Kofi at 145 pounds put his newly won WWE belt on the line against Brock Lesnar. Great logistics. One man being outweighed by a good 135 pounds. A total joke the thing is. Question for you, SUG. What does um Daniel Bryan weigh? Daniel Bryan probably weighs less than Kofi, or just about the same. Oh, let's see what they have him listed as. They have him listed as two ten. Um, I I so think he I just dodged the cruiserweight division. Yeah, I would assume he's a little less than that. To be honest, I feel like Daniel Bryan's more like one ninety, but whatever. And by the way, is Kofi Kingston actually listed at one hundred and forty five pounds? <laughs> no. There's Kofi no Kingston way. is listed as two hundred and twelve pounds. So he he outweighs Daniel Bryan, according to WWE. But not only that, like, there's so many things wrong with that statement. First problem, I sat down at my computer and went to the wrestling news sites. Like, why? why? You're superstar Billy Graham. What are you doing cruising the dirt sheets? You're a WWE Hall of Famer, former WWE champion. What are you doing cruising the dirt sheets? And then he said, oh, I'd like to see a small guy face Brock Lesnar. It's been done. Punk, Daniel Bryan, uh, Finn Balor. Kofi Kingston actually had a match with Brock Lesnar, as a matter of fact, um, in Japan. When WWE did that network special in Tokyo. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, was he outmatched? Yes. But so was every other person who um, 
steps up against Brock Lesnar, even the super heavyweights. Um, I mean, Lesnar, and Daniel, and Daniel Bryan, shot. and Daniel Bryan took, and Daniel Bryan took Brock to his limits. Yeah. So, also, you didn't mention the baby uh, expect uh, expecting. Ah, uh, yes, JoJo and, Jojo Bray. and Bray Wyatt, baby Nash, baby Knash. Nash. Yeah, Nash with the K, who I'm still convinced is named after Diesel. It's not a speculation. I don't want to start that rumor. I'm just saying that that's where I think it came from. Enzo Amore said in a uh, shoot interview that the certified G shirt made eight million dollars. Um, I don't know if I, I believe it. Well, let me let me do some basic math, SGG. I'm no genius. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. So let's start there. All right, real quick, eight million divided by twenty-five. Three hundred twenty thousand shirts sold. That's a lot of shirts. I believe that it was like if you go back and look, and this is from his NXT. He doesn't say over what time period because it was selling in NXT, and it kept selling when he hit the main roster, and it was everywhere. And also, he doesn't say that he made eight million off of it. Just that it no, made no, 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 no. No, he says that they made two point five percent each, which is a terrible percentage. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, SGG. Let's uh dive in to the week that was. Or do you want to start? Do you want to? Should we start just looking at the card and and take it from there? How do you want to work things today? Um. I think looking at the card will get us through the week that was. So we can jump right into uh, WrestleMania 35 weekend. Um, and guys, I, I, it's, I, I, there's not going to be Radio Row this year. So I, I'm not sure if there's going to be a traditional spectacular um, next week. We will do a podcast. Dipperstein will be around. Um. But yeah, they didn't do Radio Row this year uh, for the first time that I can recall in all of my years doing this stuff. There, there will not be Radio Row. Yeah, so very weird year for me. No Radio Row, not doing the kickoff show. I'm working for ESPN this weekend uh, or next weekend, I should say. Uh, I believe I'm doing some sort of post show for WrestleMania um, on YouTube, and I believe I'm doing some interviews for social media and YouTube as well, but it's, it's a, and it's in, in my hometown. It's a very strange weekend for a myriad of reasons, but SGG, we now are looking at, as of this moment, 13 matches, which has sort of become the thing recently. And we yeah. still do, and we still do not see a home for John Cena yet. Does John Cena have a home? Uh, we could be in the middle of Miz country. Well, the, the people have been kind of speculating that he would show up and steal Baron Corbin's spot. Do you think that's possible? I think it is. Um, especially because, like I said, WWE has been making a big deal about how we feel about the Baron Corbin match. And they don't really do that unless it's folded into the storyline some way. That is a very good point. They don't usually do things for absolutely no reason, just to sort of mess with people. Yeah. Not usually. Um, so we'll see if that happens. Um, but in terms of stories that developed this week, um, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is now the SmackDown Women's Champion. Yeah, and that came out of nowhere. Um, didn't see it coming. Um, I'm not mad at it, but it was just quite the shocker. Uh, You're not mad at it because do you like the idea? Do you think there's a chance that they unify or someone's just going to be carrying both? Yo, I don't know what they do because this gives them a lot of different directions to move in. Um, a lot of, a lot of room to play with because, they could do a WrestleMania 2000 deal, right? Where um, one title is on the line for one fall, the other title is on the line for the other fall, and then they just let the chips fall where they may at that. It could be a straight-up unification where one person 
um, walks away with both titles. Um, just the Raw could be on the line, and then Charlotte can rest easy knowing that no matter what, she still has her SmackDown Women's title. I don't know. And and yet again, though, the one, if you want to, and I do think there is something interesting about Charlotte coming in with a SmackDown title, but uh, Asuka gets played again. Yeah. yeah. And has and has nothing at Mania after carrying the title the last few months. So if and they haven't even announced the women's battle royal yet, so So that that's the main thing we learned this week. They did a beat the clock challenge on Monday, giving Becky a little bit of momentum. Ronda came out and Ronda They did a Sports Center interview. Did you see them on Sports Center? I did and that <sighs> Wow. I mean Charlotte was not happy about that interview. You could just tell. Yeah, well, not just the interview itself, but also, like, after the interview, I guess she saw it back. And, um, you know, under everybody, they play a little graphic that lets everybody know their highlights. Ronda Rousey, of course, UFC champion, WWE champion. Um, Becky Lynch had a weird one under hers, too. It was uh, the 12th person to main event to compete in the main event at WrestleMania after not being on the main card the previous year, which I don't think she's the 12th person. She might be the 11th person because Sid did it twice. Either way, that's a weird, that's still a weird stat to throw up on ESPN. And Charlotte said, uh, daughter of Ric Flair. Oh no. Are you serious? So serious. And. Oh, that's terrible. She was not pleased um, by that, she she tweeted, you know, next time you want to, you know, inform the people of who I am, you can let them know that I was a seven, now eight time women's champion in the WWE, or you could just um, check one of the many articles about me on your website um, or ESPN, the Body Issue magazine, if you need more about my accolades, uh, which rightfully so. And also, not, no. Not I mean, she's presented at the ESPYS. She was in the Body Magazine. She's been on ESPN a lot of times. I got to tell you, considering I do, the, I don't know which of our friends at ESPN. It's probably not one of our friends. It's probably someone in graphics. Whoever is responsible for that, that is a real. That's a bad job. I'm sorry, uh, you, you can't do it. Yeah, and uh, not for nothing. I mean, if you're gonna go that route, I, I mean, Ric Flair is legendary, but he's on his way if he's not already. Charlotte's pops, not daughter of Ric Flair. But he's about to be Charlotte Flair's father. That is a strong She's take, killing it. But she is. I mean, it's it's that's a terrible job. That's that you can't do it. You can't do it. Um, and Ronda, if you think Ronda cuts a weird promo in WWE, boy, did she cut a weird promo during that interview. Yeah, like she was. She it was weird. It, like. Uh, Anything she sort of learned in WWE about presenting on a microphone, completely out the window during an interview. It, well, like, that's the thing. Did she seemed she like a, she sounded. She sounded like a punchy fighter. Like it was hard to understand her. Also, if you're looking for a really quality WWE interview, we had Shane McMahon on the Michael K Show this week. So if you go look up the Michael K Show podcast, I believe we we had him on Tuesday um, yeah, for like 20, for 25 30. minutes. Yeah, it was a really entertaining interview too. Yeah, really, really um, long, in-depth interview with Shane O'Mac. If you wanna, and he's in it. By the way, just what what a beautiful, beautiful phone line he was on. Yeah, better just than a, the, better than what you get from me every week. Um, and I gotta say too, he he was really. I like how he was very honest about everything. So you don't really get the sense that he was working you too much. Um, he definitely touched on the Ronda situation, uh, and his response to his son when his son, um, not really chastised him about what he did to Miz's dad, but his son had some words about it and his response to that was hilarious. And I think if for nothing else, everybody should go, go listen to that. And, and he also, it was it when I asked about his future in WWE, he definitely made it sound like he has plans to have a big future. And I, and he, he said this kind of sarcastic line of, I know some people there. I know some so, people over there. 
Um, the the real storyline that we all care about the most, which is the future of the company, Shane, re Shane and Triple H and Stephanie. It's a it's a little it's just a little teeny insight. Still, it's 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 not a lot, but it's interesting to hear his inflection and how he answers the question. If you want to check that out, um, Triple H and Batista, more Triple H going the more humor filled route this week um unintentional though because and and i feel like he should know better right because triple h is a guy who wears suits every day i wear suits every day i know that the inside pocket is tempting but it's a sinkhole whatever you put in that inside pocket you better be prepared to just have it there and not be something that you're going to want to reach for. With all the pockets on that jacket, the pockets on his pants, his his back pocket, he put it in the inside pocket where he knew he wasn't going to be able to get to it right away? Come on. Yeah, he does wear suits a lot to make such a huge pocket error. Yeah, like, you can't... <laughs> he rolled through it beautifully. But, I mean, come on, rookie mistake. But I, one thing I have heard from people is uh, some discontent. Um or discontentment, I don't know what the word is, um, with the bill to Triple H Batista. Um, it's kind of like, let's get to this match already. We know it's going to be a great match, but the build here has not been spectacular. Um, what's your What's your say? And before we do that, let me just do this. Keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. And I can stoop to John Lena, John Cena's. I came back Low to be level. WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And I earned the right to do that by winning the Rumble Royal Rumble. So, yeah, mixed feelings, SGG. What are yours on the build? Um, I'm with it. Uh, let's be honest. It started really uh, intense. Batista just thrashing Ric Flair on his birthday. And so they, they're not going to get to match that. Um, and it does feel a little lackluster when you consider everything else that it has going on. Uh, WWE, I mean. Um, the Kofi Mania. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair's battle towards getting to the to the women's title. Um, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. So yeah, Triple H and Batista does feel a little bit lackluster in that regard. But um, when the bell rings, you know they're going to deliver. And the video yeah, package I, for it is going to be fire. I think the hard part is, is that it started with Flair. And that was such a hot start. And then they didn't have a lot of time with Batista, and they didn't have a whole lot to say. Um, maybe there's almost too much history between these guys, so yeah, trying to maybe. so trying to redo it doesn't necessarily work. And the start was so hot, and I think the end will be hot, but the middle has had some some tough spots. Right, which is, which you can say about all of these storylines, you know, all the extended ones at least. Um, oh, yeah, you certainly can say the same about the women. Hot yeah. start, weird middle, we'll probably have a great end. Uh, and as long as the match is fire, which um, I'm so sure it will be, I'm not I'm not going to complain about the build because they only had a short time to – it was a sprint to get here, so they had to squeeze in all of that, him beating up Flair, them actually agreeing to the match. Uh, they condensed it a lot. Um, Shane McMahon and The Miz, we now know that's a false count anywhere match. The Miz punched out like 15, uh, wrestlers and security. Um, security I would have been fine with, but the wrestlers, I mean, come on. I mean, he took out all of Sanity. Like, I mean, The Miz was Shelton on fire. Benjamin. He beat up everybody. I mean, or if he'd had a weapon of some sort, right? Like something. <laughs> right. Um, but false count anywhere does start make you th- making you think Shane's going to do something insane. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, um, I was starting to think this might be the year where like he's like, I got to chill because I, I, we've said before the the cell spot is over. Yeah, the hell in a cell spot just isn't. The, we can't watch him crash through a table anymore. Miss it any more times? Why would you keep trying it? So the question is, what will this spot be at MetLife Stadium? How far do they go 
It's a huge building. So it'll be interesting to see what we get there. Yeah, and and uh, you know, you you just have to know that if he jumps off of something, the Miz will not catch him because the Miz is notorious for not catching his opponent. Um, Here's a question for you: Could this be the rare time where Shane wins? No, he shouldn't. He should not. Not without well, any help. Well, I guess I guess it depends on what you have planned for both of them afterwards. Because True. if if Miz is going to be a heel again soon, does he does the win? He doesn't need the win. If you're going to prop him up as a legitimate contending babyface, then I think he needs the win. And you know, if Shane's going to keep having matches, it was one thing for him to lose all the time when we didn't know how long he was going to be around. It sounded like from the interview the other day, he has no plans to stop his in-ring work for a couple of years. So yeah, if Shane, if, if Shane's got a, go. if he's got a couple more years, he can't lose every match he has. But that's the thing, though. I mean, maybe not lose every match, but he doesn't I mean, need to rack yeah. up a lot of wins either. No, that's true. I mean, he did steal the best in the world. Yeah. So you know, his moments come. Um, but I am interested in that match. And, and I'll tell you what, Falls Count Anywhere did make me care about it a little bit more. Yeah, they're gonna get crazy. Um, what did we learn about Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar this week? Um, you know, I don't even really remember Seth Rollins being on the mic this week. I know he was in the ring. I have no idea what he said. It's a really good point. And um, uh, <laughs> Heyman came out, and then R- Rollins went up the ramp and scared him. Oh, right, right. I remember that. And Heyman was, like, on the floor cowering. It was like a he's here to answer everybody's prayers. It was a it was a nice promo. It was decent. But like I said, listen, I'm already in on the match. So Yeah, that that is another one where story-wise I don't care so much, particularly that one. I've never yeah. really cared about the Rollins-Lesnar story. I've never thought they've had a real story to speak of, but I'm also really confident about that match, and I think it's going to be great for Brock to have sort of an undeniable mania match instead of like an awkward, no-one-knows-what-to-make-of-it match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, you know, the crowd, like the Dean Ambrose match was not good on its own merit. The Roman Reigns at 31, I thought that was a good match. And Roman Reigns last year could have been a good match, but um, people just weren't weren't having it. So at least with this one, with the crowd sort of into it, they have an opportunity to go from a, go to a great place with it. Yeah, I mean, last year's match was interesting. It got mixed reviews, certainly, but it was definitely interesting. There's no denying that. Um, yeah. And Kofi gets his match with. Uh, Daniel Bryan after after another gauntlet match, this time a tag match by the New Day. Yeah, and, uh, a really good one too. Um, I know online there was some people upset that the club or Anderson and Gallows or however you want to call them, that they lost so quickly. Again, I'm okay with that. Man, means to an end. They come out, they had to go down. Uh, and they couldn't have been any other tag team because – I mean, honestly, if you looked at it, the the level of difficulty sort of increased. So um, the club is just in that class of tag team that that deserve to be in that spot. Former tag team champions in their own right, like Michael Cole, uh, not Michael Cole, Corey Graves uh, mentioned. And um, they were in there with the bar, the Usos came out. Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan were the final big boss. Um, Rusev and... Nakamura, I don't know that they belong necessarily in there either, but I guess they're a new team that people are trying to they're trying to get some traction, so they have to be out there. And they actually had a pretty decent match with them. It was cool. I I, I almost would have rather just had Kofi win the gauntlet from the week before, though, if I'm being fully honest with you. I don't know that I needed to repeat the same thing with tag teams the next week. Um, though I do like how much it ties. Big E and Xavier into the match. 
I mean, we already right. knew, but it it makes it it makes them even more tied in. And that's what I liked about it too is that you know that that's the clearest way to show that you know this is a brotherhood and that they are making sacrifices uh, for Kofi and that they are part of this is that their success in the gauntlet is what determines his uh, potential success at WrestleMania. You know we couldn't go a week without the police coming by Sakai Greg wherever he's recording from. Yeah. There should and almost be a drinking game. Too. There almost should be a drinking game of when do the cops come. We, our listeners would die. Yeah, would you'd die. be wasted. You'd be wasted every week. Um, SGG, man, I don't even know how to choose from the emails this week. Whew. Do we just start at the top? Oh. Uh, I'm gonna try to get through some here. Hold on. Mail. Brian wrote us today. Hey guys, was watching the Andre Battle Royal from 30 where Cesaro slams Big Show over the top rope for the win. Got me thinking about cool moments and matches and the Money in the Bank ladder match. Wanted to get your thoughts on if Money in the Bank should be moved at Mania. I'm gonna skip the rest of your email, Brian. We have so many, but say I have wanted that for a long time. Money in the Bank has become a pay-per-view and I and I get it and it's become one of the big ones but the truth is I really enjoyed it as part of Wrestlemania and I don't think it'll ever come back there I really don't yeah I, I don't think it'll come back either but I'm with you I, I I think it should have never left the Wrestlemania and uh, later on in the email he says you know could they bring back King of the Ring for that money in the bank spot towards the end of the year and again I'm gonna say yes um because they did that the, the year that Brock won the King of the Ring, the step was that the King of the Ring winner gets a WWE title shot at SummerSlam. Have Rumble lead to a title shot at Mania, have King of the Ring lead to a title shot at SummerSlam, and have Money in the Bank looming over everything all year. I think it would be perfect. I don't think they're ever going to do that, but I think it would be perfect. Well, one of the best things about Money in the Bank is, is it gives a big spot to like eight superstars. So you didn't need the 13 card match because like, for example, this year you could take Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, um, maybe even Lashley and Finn Balor. And those, those six could be in money in the bank. Yeah. And and all of a sudden you have one awesome match that people really enjoy and it was a moment everyone popped for big. Not to mention the shot always looked amazing of the money in the bank winner standing on top of the ladder in the stadium. It yeah. always got a huge pop. The winner of it always got a huge pop. And I think instead you have 13 matches, boom, you could just do away with three match. You could trade three matches for one, maybe four. And it still doesn't feel like they're not getting a big spot at WrestleMania. Fine, maybe Randy and AJ are too big for it, although this year they don't really have a story, so I don't know. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But no, I don't think we'll see it again. I don't think we'll see it there again. So if you're holding your breath, you're going to run out of breath and die, and it'll be sad. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. This guy started his email by saying he sent us five emails and four have made the air. So I'm going to. Oh, and then I get another one that says no need to read this on the air. Um, so I'll read this off the air. Um, okay. Thank you, Maverick. And then. Okay. Mail. HTK and SGG. Wow, hot take kid throwback. Maybe I'm just getting sensitive in my old age, but man, was that Uso's forfeit not one of the better pull on the heartstring moments of the past decade in wrestling? The visual, Woods hopelessly but bravely defending his fallen brother. The story woven, WWE actually accounted for the year-long blood feud between these two teams that culminated in real respect between them. The delivery, just something about the badass Usos being tender and real in their promo. In my opinion, it elevated both teams. 
The other cool thing, these two teams have been so pivotal to SmackDown's success the last few years, I thought it was so cool seeing them play a defining role in who fights for the WWE title at WrestleMania. Two tag teams love it. Not going to lie, I got choked up. Fans since day one on Grantland. Great email. That could be our email from the week. In fact, I'm going to give it a... I was so happy. That's a really, really, really strong point, and I enjoyed it. And I love yeah. what they've been doing with the Usos and New Day. That they sort of, you you always remember, you know, you always remember that they sort of have this history and respect. Now, uh, yeah, here I, we go. I didn't get choked up, but I definitely did respect the, the forfeit move. Male. That guy got choked up and SUG didn't. That means he is a serious, serious fan. Um, Phil writes us. Recently, I read an article about Billy Graham saying he wasn't pleased with Kofi, blah, 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 blah. He obviously hasn't been watching SmackDown lately because it's obvious that Kofi Mania is running wild within the WWE Universe. One of these wrestlers from back in the day is going to realize that it's 2019 and the old school rest hold for five minutes leading up to a body slam mentality doesn't work in this era. Today's men and women wrestlers are more athletic, better conditioned, and many have certainly proven in recent years that you don't have to be on the juice for the better part of your career to be successful. Keep up the good work <laughs> and enjoy yourselves. Yeah, dang. <laughs> Can you let the, um, yeah, I'll let that one sit there. Mail. Brett, his email says, Fatal 4-Way? Hey, Sweet Pete, a.k.a. Greg, and SGG, a.k.a. Tony Statlas. The name's Brett the Hitman Davis, and yes, my mom named me Brett after the great Bret Hart. So, well, that's amazing. You must be jealous of that, Greg. So, not, not what do you guys think not about Asuka being added to the main event to make it a Fatal 4-Way for both title or a unification? Or what if they made it a first ever, I think, two falls match, first fall for Raw, second for SmackDown? I think that would give the match an added twist never seen before and make it an interesting match. Also, give Asuka a match at WrestleMania that she deserves. Stay mage. They're not going to add her to a fatal four-way. That would be a weird... I think that would be weird yeah. also. Um, it wouldn't make sense at this point. Couldn't do it. Um, and I, I prefer not the two falls. I prefer it to be unification. And my hope is... That as we start getting towards the Fox situation, there's going to be more of an emphasis of making both shows really meaningful and maybe having the champions float to both shows. So my hope is that it's for unification rather than um, two falls, one for each title. Yeah, I'd rather see the two falls, which... Not to correct this guy, but they have done it before. Uh, Kurt, when Kurt Angle was Euro Continental Champion, WrestleMania 2000. Um, yeah, I'd like to see the two falls, though. I think to make it more interesting. Unification definitely makes it high stakes. But um, that'd be an exciting way to go out, the two fall. Uh, Timothy writes us. Mail. Hello, Pete, and the lethal stats man, Greg Blackman. I don't know if that works. Um, and let's hope this guy's black, or it's even worse. Uh, let me get your let me get your thoughts on where I see the Kofi story going. Thought of this a few weeks ago. Blah blah blah. Um, okay, WrestleMania is here. Kofi's about to make his dream come true. Trouble in paradise. One, two. Ref gets pulled out by Xavier Woods. What? While the ref is talking to Xavier Woods, Big E comes in the ring with the big ending on Kofi. DB retains. Why? The New Day run has gone longer than most modern-day tag teams, besides the Usos. So it's generally time for a breakup. And Big E and Xavier Woods would be mad that they had to do the work, the gauntlet match, not to get rewarded with the title shot, but had to watch someone else get their glory. It tells a story, sets up a heel turn, and gives the New Day something to sink their teeth into post-mania. Big fan, and don't forget to kiss babies and hug fat girls. <laughs> Keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. I actually like it. I, it's not what I want to happen just because I want Kofi to win. But from a story standpoint, I do think it would be – I do think it would, there are benefits to that happening. And I've said, I mean, I think Kofi wins and then they get fed up and break up. But they yeah. do have to break up at some point. I mean, it's literally kind of part of the trajectory of every great tag team. Unless you're the Usos who like down since day one, they're never breaking up. But um, yeah, I do think I like the way you said that that Kofi wins and then they get fed up and break up is the way to do it. Not not at Mania. Yeah, I mean you could literally do it pretty in the pretty near future. I mean it. So 
I just think to take away the Kofi win is to take away the best moment of Mania. I think Kofi winning will be the biggest pop at the whole show. Yeah. More more than Becky, I think Kofi will end up stealing the show. Especially because you know, is anyone on that card capable of putting on a better match than Kofi and Daniel Bryan? Nope. So. Maybe right. AJ Orton, but, but they'll be close. Right, right, right. It won't right. surpass. It'll be close. Right. And it's the same significance. It's not the same significance, but that, that is a good right. point. Male. Demetrius says, um, since WrestleMania in the New York is in the New York area and the New Day will probably be banned from ringside, what are the chances that we see the return of Uptown Malcolm to take out Rowan, which would help Kofi win, making good on the offer you made years ago to have the New Days back when they needed? You guys have done a great job covering this story from all angles, and could you also touch on why the story has so many people buying in and having weekly It's Still Real to Me moments at every turn, regardless of how long they've been a wrestling fan? Stay mage, physically strong, and enjoy yourselves. I just want to thank each and every one of y'all for all you've done to your bodies. It's still real to me, damn it! I mean... Thank take you. it easy, man. And take it easy, man. Um... Greg, would you would you would you run in if necessary? Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred. Listen, let's be honest. Rowan is not going to be too far behind. I think in a straight up one on one match, and Kofi has proved this, he can handle Daniel Bryan. Now Vince is going to probably ban New Day from the ringside, like everybody said. But uh, as if wrestling has taught us one thing, is that if you have a ticket, you can be anywhere. It's a great point, and, and I will have a ticket. And I will be watching closely to make sure that this match plays out straight down the middle. Now, if Rowan decides that he wants to creep up from behind the curtain in the back, make his way down the ramp, and then show up at ringside, then he might have to be faced with uh, with Uptown Malcolm. And then the chips are going to fall where they may. But Kofi Mania is going to run wild no matter what. The only concern is, well, Greg, what if you're in like section 332 and it takes you like six minutes to get down there? <laughs> if I'm in section 332, then it, it, it won't be uh, as quick. The match might be over, but I listen. The, the, I'm there's like a just... camera following you as you like go down the escalator. You, you naturally stop to get some delicious chicken. I like <laughs> delicious chicken. You know, stops and takes a I picture. I might just have to make my way make my way down there once they announce the intros, just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start at the intro. Start to happen. Yeah. You start at the intro so you have a chance at least. You gotta, you gotta give yourself a chance. Right. Alright. This, uh, this one is called Writing Old Wrongs. Mail. Stocky Maivia and Diamond Dallas Mage. Wow. That's, see, that's crazy. I like that. I like that. See, that's, that's great. I like that. Um, this is from, uh, Philip. What if they're not running? <clears throat> The Triple H Booker T with Kofi. What if they're writing a wrong? Even though Bruce Pritchard maintains that the Triple H Booker Mania match was not supposed to have a racial component, it clearly did. And then they actually had the heel win, almost making the racism triumphant. I can't help but wonder. If more than a decade removed, Triple H looks at that and realizes how problematic it was. Now that he has more sway, I wonder if he sees his chance to do it right. That's why the New Day raised the question of guys like us on their own, where Brian hadn't and wouldn't. Maybe this is one step on Triple H's quiet redemption tour. Second point, Batista got me thinking, when is it time for John Cena to go? When it's time for John Cena to go, who should it be? Three names, Triple H, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. Big stage, stay mage. Thanks, Philip. Great email. Tremendous email. Started strong, ended strong. Really agree. Who would the John Cena send-off match be? Um, go ahead, Greg. I'll let you go first. The John Cena send-off match is probably, and we don't want it, this is the name that nobody wants to hear, but it's probably going to be Randy Orton. Um, agree. They were always positioned to be, um, you know, juxtaposed against each other. Um even in like the video game, I remember one intro. It had them coming to get coming together to face off before they'd ever had a match. They always competed for the world title. They fought against each other to unify. 
the world title with the WWE Championship. Uh, their careers have run parallel the whole time, um, with one representing the wrestling aspect of um, pro wrestling and one representing the sports entertainment aspect of it. So when it's time for him to go, Randy Orton is probably going to be the guy that they send in um, to give him that send-off. Thank you, Paul, Peter, Rosenberg, whatever your name is. <laughs> I guess thanks to him, too. Um, I agree. It'll probably will be Randy Orton. Um, if Edge's career hadn't been cut short, could have been Edge. Yeah. Um, but I would think it's Randy unless they go, you know, obviously punk would be great. That would be, you know, if, if, if somehow that ever becomes possible, which increasingly it looks like it's not. And if, and if John Cena had stayed with Nikki Bella, then Daniel Bryan would have been a great choice. But neither of those things are true. The Undertaker ship has sailed. Um, I, I, I can't think, I don't think him and Triple H have had so many things, but none of them define as, as any of his other rivalries though. What'd you say? They didn't mean as much as any of his no. other rivalries. No, they're not signature moments for either of them. So, I mean, I mean, there's a chance you could do Brock. Then they did come in at the exact same time, also. Yeah. Um. You know, Batista the the Batista ship has sailed. That could have also made some sense. Um, Asif writes us. Mail. Pete and SGG racking my brain to figure out why Vince took the title off Asuka and gave it to Charlotte. My guess is that he wants the final shot of WrestleMania to be the four horsewomen holding each up, each holding a title. Charlotte with the SmackDown title, Sasha and Bailey with the tag titles, and Becky with her newly won Raw title. Thoughts, Asif. Great. That's a great call. It's a great call. Yeah. Like, I mean, can't. Can't really doesn't have anything to add to that. It's concise and it gets straight to the point. And it is a visual that was definitely going to be something that if they do it, they can run that back uh, for the end of time. Yeah, and and especially you know for nerds like us who want to see Ronda, you know, slink away pathetically, and oh, then yes. see the actual horsewoman on top. Standing over Ronda. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, George writes us. Mail. He said, hear me out. In pro wrestling. It's professional wrestling. People constantly say how the business is not a sprint, it's a marathon. WrestleMania to many people is the culmination, but as wrestling fans, we know that at the end, by the end of the night, the business continues and they have to produce Raw and SmackDown the following two days. There's so much going on at WrestleMania that it's going to be impossible to give the fans everything they want. Plus, it's almost like, um, it's kind of like how WrestleMania 30 revolved around the Yes movement. WrestleMania 35 will be centered around the women, and I wouldn't be surprised if the show ends with all four horsewomen in the middle of the ring with their respective titles. Wow, a different email. Um, Becky with the Raw women, Charlotte with SD women's, Bailey and Sasha with the women's tag. The coronation of Kofi Kingston should not be lost in the shuffle. Kofi deserves to close out a pay per view with a championship victory, much like Eddie did at No Way Out 2004. Much like Jeff Hardy did at Armageddon 2008, much like Daniel Bryan did at Mania 30. Kofi deserves his very own night, not a victory overshadowed by Becky or by Seth, hopefully beating Brock. I suggest Kofi loses to Bryan by controversy, setting up the next pay-per-view with the true main event, Kofi versus Daniel Bryan, and Kofi closes the show by hoisting the WWE Championship as the 51st WWE Champion. What do you think? Not mad at it. Not mad at that thought. Nah, I say give it to Kofi at Mania. I don't think it will get lost in the shuffle um, if it happens at Mania. I um, I I'm not saying it necessarily will either, but I do understand what he's saying that, you know, from the standpoint of Kofi, uh, uh, the Mania moment's a huge deal, and I think for the superstar winning it at Mania probably is what you want. But I do see what you're saying. And that No Way Out 2004 moment for Eddie is special. So I think he ends up winning it at Mania. But I do like the point of, like, let's stop acting like Mania is really the be-all, end-all when it continues the next day. That that part is true. 
Yeah, that is a hundred percent fact. Um, and, and you do have to remember, like sometimes there's a benefit to being that thing that keeps going through mania for a few months. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's what happened with Nakamura and AJ, right? And he never did get his hands on the WWE championship. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the thing with the no way out and Armageddon, though, that was during the brand split. So, I mean, it's probably more likely of it's getting lost in the shuffle when, cause these manias now, they're like 14 matches deep. If they spread it out, everybody can get a huge moment, um, and be fine. But um, those. But did, didn't you just contradict split. yourself? Don't you contradict? No, don't you contradict yourself by saying everyone can get their moment and it's fourteen matches deep? Well, no, you, not everyone can get their moment. But the moments that we want can happen if they spread them out. Like if it's in a tighter mania with fewer matches, you have less opportunities for the crowd to go up and down on that roller coaster, right? So you can ah, catch a high yes. with Kofi and then come back down and catch another high with Becky, and be fine for both of them. But on a shorter pay-per-view with less matches to go around, if you try to keep it so high, it's not going to feel as as uh, as mage as if you went on that roller coaster. Mage. All right, James writes us. And by the way, I mean, we're going to have to stop. And I, I've gotten like a third of the emails here. This is terrible. Mail. Love the podcast. Been listening since the beginning of the Maker's Shoes. I don't understand the thinking behind giving the SmackDown Women's Championship back to Charlotte for a presumable unification main event at WrestleMania. Everything has to be seen through the lens of SmackDown on Fox in October. The test case is Sasha Bailey floating as the women's tag champs. I admit that's working because there are fewer natural women's tag teams. Unless the plan is a fatal five-way for a women's intercontinental championship at Mania, then five women in the specific and the rest of the women's division in the aggregate jobbed out, particularly Asuka, for the benefit of Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda. I don't even know what that sentence was. Maybe I misread it. Vince claims to always do what's best for business. Well, I don't know how Fox would feel being forced to lend Bart Simpson to USA Network for a few episodes or USA sharing the Crisley, <laughs> the Crisley parents because SmackDown's <laughs> ratings need a bump during sweeps. Stay amazed and enjoy yourselves. Trust the process, James. Interesting thought, James. Um... I didn't fully understand it. It was a little too heady for me, but it was clearly smart. I think what he was saying uh, with that one line is that, you know, by losing, Asuka got sacrificed, and then by scrapping the, the fatal four-way for a number one contendership to Asuka, all five of those women got sacrificed. And then with this being one of two women's matches on the card, that the whole rest of the women's roster just got thrown to the side where to, to make this match feel big, which... I don't know if that's exactly what happened. I can certainly see the that people feel that way, but um, I don't. I think floating championships, um, Raw and SmackDown, is needed. Like they they got to do it. And if if this is how we kick that off, and this is what gets it there, then then I'll take it. Uh, um, ASGG, do you have the uh, what is it called again? The uh. And I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blicking black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black, and I'm black. Yo, I'm black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm... What do you got, SGJ? Oh, yeah, um, similar to last week, there's only one... One place we can go to this, uh, in, in every spot, Dylon, 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 and Dylon. It's Biggie and Xavier Woods, uh, of the New Day. That gauntlet match, while I don't think it was as good as the one we got last week featuring Kofi, it was still really entertaining. They had a, a, a brawl with the bar. Uh, they came out with the win, defeated Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan at the end. It was the first time in my life that I've ever seen a crowd that hype for a count out finish. Uh, I don't think I will ever see it again. That's a great point. And for them being able to bring the home, bring it, bring it home for Kofi, they're going in at all the spots. And then we are all going to go to WrestleMania to watch Kofi, hopefully bring it home and become the king of the black power rankings. So are you giving it to just Kofi or are you giving it to the new day? 
I'm giving it to just Woods and E, to be fair, because Kofi didn't actually wrestle. But Woods and E uh, carried the the heavy lifting for the the whole second hour of SmackDown, and uh, they really delivered. I mean, look how the, the crowd went eight for a countout finish. Unbelievable. It is, it is so true. You just don't see that. Never. I've never seen that. Count out Finn. When was the last time you saw that? That and the and the crowd was counting down to ten. Like it wasn't a last man standing. I mean, they knew it was a count out, and still they went there and were happy to go there. Um, SGG. I want. I got to cut these emails short. Next week. We'll dive into more emails. We'll have Dipperstein. I'll get to some from this week. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. I'm sure we'll have more questions by next week. I'm sure there are things we're forgetting. But I have to go do a radio show. Go download the Shane McMahon podcast on the Michael K Show. SGG, stay mage and take it easy, man. And enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. See you all next week.